Hello and welcome. You've tuned into Active Listening with T4 Tactics. I'm Marco Galbraith, your host, and our podcast is all about personal success and networking. We'll discuss small business tips, health and wellness issues, personal safety tips, financial gain, and a variety of other topics from professionals in the field. And once in a while, we'll throw in our area of expertise, firearm safety and active shooter response for businesses, churches, and schools. So sit back, relax, listen, and learn. Active listening with T4 Tactics. Hey everyone, Marco Galbraith with T4 Tactics and welcome to Active Listening. Today we're going to talk about a topic that comes up just about every time I teach an active shooter uh, response training or presentation. Are the people nutcases? What makes them tick? Is it the gun? Is it a failure in society? Failure with family? Today we're going to put you inside the head of an active shooter and find out what makes the majority of them tick. We have to remember that this isn't meant to diagnose anybody and it's not meant to say if this person has that they're going to be an active shooter. We have to remember during this podcast and during our training for active shooter that every response is different, every attack is unique, every person is different. So I just got done finished uh, I just finished studying the um, US Department of Justice FBI's 2018 review on active shooter incidents. And just a little briefing of that, we had 27 incidents in 16 states. Again, this is 2018. 27 incidents in 16 states, 85 people killed, 128 wounded. So a breakdown of some of the states where these occurred, four incidents occurred in California, three incidents occurred in Florida. So we got them on literally opposite sides of the country. Two incidents occurred in each of the following states, Illinois, Kentucky, Maryland, New Mexico, Pennsylvania, and Texas. One incident occurred in each of the following states, Alabama, Georgia, Indiana, Ohio, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Washington, and Wisconsin. So as you can tell, they are all over the place. It's not just to one region of the country. It's widespread. It is a reality. These active shooter attacks are happening, so that's why we're going to address it. So getting into the mind of an active shooter, we're going to study uh, in this podcast, I'm going to talk to you about some of the incidents that I've studied in depth, and I will never mention the shooter's names. I will never show their faces on during any of my presentations or any of my social media. They're not worthy of it. I wish the media would stop uh, putting these people on a pedestal. The, uh, the shooters from Columbine have been on Time, the cover of Time magazine twice. So we really need to stop glorifying these people and treat them for exactly what they are. Uh, murders, murderers, killers, uh, mass murderers, active shooters, uh, monsters, demons, whatever you want to call it, but that's what they are and they don't deserve to have their names or their pictures put out. So I won't be mentioning their names, but I'll tell you about the incidents they were involved in. Most of them are an extension of their family and their childhood atmosphere. So you'll find this podcast, it's not about the tools they use, or it's the failures of society to recognize problem areas and to properly address them. So in many of these cases, proper communication could have identified these issues and addressed them. We absolutely have to get businesses on board. And when I say businesses, I mean schools, universities, uh, colleges, medical facilities, pharmaceutical companies, auto manufacturings, mom and pop businesses, 
uh, retail stores. We've got to open up the communication where we have employees that know that if they hear or see something unusual, they can bring it to the attention of the proper people on the threat assessment team, which is critical for businesses to have. And that's where you're going to identify these issues and uh, and handle them properly through a series of you know, the threat assessment team has a lot of folders and subfolders, but it's not rocket science. It's not hard to figure out. It doesn't. You don't have to overthink it. You just have to have a working threat assessment team. So back to these people. Most of them, you know, they're not hearing spiders on the. They're not seeing spiders on the wall that are telling them to go kill people. They don't have demons that are sitting on their shoulder telling them to go kill people. Most of them are actually, believe it or not, they think they're defending themselves. And when we get into, when I start briefing you on some of these cases, it's gonna make a lot more sense. So they feel like they've been wronged by individuals, a group or society. Most of them, believe it or not, are not lunatics. They don't have that death stare. They've completed very calculated attacks, well-planned, rehearsed, uh, they're working under predatory violence. We have to understand predatory violence and effective violence. Really quick, effective violence is road rage. You're not planning it. It just happens. Somebody cuts you off. You get angry. It only lasts for 10 or 15 minutes, you know, unless there's stimulants involved or the person pulls off the road, you keep going, then it's over. Predatory violence is something that goes on and on. We plan predatory violence for sometimes days, weeks, months, sometimes that you're going to hear today, sometimes several years we've planned the attack. So predatory violence is very important to understand. That's what they're working under. They're very, very focused and they've got a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into that attack. So most are very ordinary. They can control their behavior. They can control their behavior. A lot of these active shooters have not, as we say, snapped or gone postal that we'll talk about, but they've just simply had enough. So there could be a history of mental illness, isolation, a feeling of left out. Maybe they've been victimized by bullies, as in maybe they're not selected for school games or events. They sit, at they sit alone at lunch. They're outcasts. They don't feel like that the school does anything for them or work does anything for them. And then they might have a history of clinical depression um, due to prior events. A lot of the active shooters broadcast what they're getting ready to do. They can't help but put it on social media or some type of, uh, of platform on the internet. One of the many instances, a, a postal worker in 1986 killed 15 co-workers uh, in Edmond, Oklahoma. And the day before he did the shooting spree, he told his best friend that he worked with at the post office, don't come to work tomorrow because I'm going to fix things here. And of course, do you think that guy said anything? No. So they could have been all bullied throughout school. They could be an outcast. You know, bullying seems to peak about seventh or eighth grade. So you've got a kid who has been bullied through elementary school, middle school. They get up to about seventh, eighth, ninth grade, and they've just about had enough. And that could be why we're seeing so many active shooter nows, young males active shooter in schools that are absolutely angry at the system and angry at society. Remember that they're in their mind, they're defending themselves. So maybe they'll put the blame on the school, the workplace, uh, the movie theater, the shopping mall, the grocery store, wherever they attack. 
They want to eliminate the villain in their life. So it could be a boss. It could be human resource. People that create grief for the shooter. That's who they want to eliminate. In Moses Lake, Washington, 1996, 14-year-old male goes into a school. He's wearing a Western-style duster jacket, walks into his algebra classroom, and kills the teacher and two students. When he's leaving the classroom, he says to the remaining students that he did not kill and the people in the hallway, sure beats algebra, don't it? His favorite book, uh, which he had read numerous, numerous times over and over, was written by Richard Bachman, who we now know as Stephen King, uh, and it was titled Rage. Uh, that was one of his favorite books. So uh, that book has since been taken off the shelf as per request from Stephen King. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Maybe they're asked to leave a business and they later go back to teach them a lesson that maybe you shouldn't have kicked me out and maybe you shouldn't have had me trespass. We're going to talk about that on a, on a few cases. They're not liked at work. They may sit alone on breaks. They're not invited to go out with the guys after work. Uh, they're not one of the, one of the A team or they're not, they don't fit in. Maybe he, or, or as we'll hear, she, you know, like I'll say he during this, but we've had uh, quite a few females that have gone on the, the attack as well. Maybe they're retaliating against something. So uh, the Alfred P. Murrah building in Oklahoma City, uh, 1995, 168 were killed. That attacker was retaliating against the Branch Davidian incident with the ATF two years earlier. So he held that grudge and planned it for two years. A farmer in Michigan, 1927 was upset that the local government raised his taxes so high that it put him out of business. He makes a homemade bomb, goes down to the local schoolhouse, kills 45 and wounds 58. In his mind, he is a victim and he's defending himself. In his mind, his rampage is justified. Maybe the attacker didn't get a promotion or raise at work and has not been formally appreciated. Hey, I've done, I worked on this big project. It got the company a lot of money and they move on and take the money and all my hard work and I haven't even gotten a thank you for it. That could make somebody upset or mad. One shooter in 1989, angry at his boss, killed eight and wounded 12 and then committed suicide. He had written a personal note that he left at the scene and explained that he was at first gonna use uh, an explosive device to kill the people but chose to use a shotgun because he wanted to be in the room as he shot them and he wanted to hear them scream he wanted to see them suffer uh, and and then die ultimately die maybe somebody's going through a nasty divorce and you know what the divorce is not my fault it's my wife's or the divorce is not my fault it's my husband so they're going to blame it on something else and that person's calling them grief so they could take it out on the on the ex-spouse or they could take it out on society Looking back at past attacks, if the shooters are are all bad, so they're bad people in society, I'm going to take out the bad people in society. So just to name a few, El Paso, Texas, we know that Walmart attacker had a manifesto written because he was mad at the Mexican immigrants that are coming into the country. So he goes to the closest point to the border, which is El Paso, and uh, decides to go on a shooting spree at Walmart. We know that San Bernardino was a radicalized Islamic terrorist attack uh, focused on people that were getting ready to have a Christmas party. There's a lot of story behind that. The Pulse nightclub. Uh, radicalized Islamic terrorists. Dayton, Ohio bar attack was uh, fueled because he had a problem with certain people in society. The last few synagogue attacks that we have had, we're going to talk about one of those, uh, but that was fueled. The Charleston, South Carolina church massacre with the white supremacist. 
he goes in and kills several people. And then a few years after that, an African-American male sits out of a, outside of a white church in Tennessee, retaliating for that South Carolina church attack and attacks a white church. So uh, different different things that fuel these people. One man mad at society uh, in San Cedro, California in 1984, killed 21 and wounded 16 at a McDonald's. He was mad at society in general. A guy in Camden, New Jersey, uh, 1949, went on what was later called the Walk of Death. So this guy lives in this neighborhood in Camden, New Jersey. Uh, he's been seen with different males. Now remember, this is 1949. Things are different than they are today. But he's seen at different uh, theaters in Camden with males. He's going on dates with males. So there were some guys in the neighborhood that started picking at him for being homosexual. Uh, within 12 minutes, he walks down his neighborhood and kills 13 people. Three were children. So that was in retaliation. You're making fun of me? Well, this is what I'm going to do. Maybe he's killing his friends at work in order to remove them from this bad society. It can go either way. Uh, again, this is why we say do not be submissive. Do not beg for mercy for these people. Spend your time and energy getting away from them, putting distance between you and them. Have a plan. The last thing you want to do, of course, is uh, is confront or fight them. We want you to get out of the building, lock yourself down, but, but get away from them. The Columbine shooters bonded with each other. If, it, if they had not been friends, Columbine probably would not have occurred. The FBI completed an extensive study on the two and, and found that one went to kill and one went to be killed. These shooters were a little different by in no means bullied. None. They were not bullied at all. They even attended prom in three stretch limos with fellow students they planned to, to kill in just a few days. They did feel that Columbine didn't offer anything for them. They were a little on the dark side. They were gothic. Uh, during the attack, it was almost that they were showing off for each other to see who could make the biggest impact on the students they were killing. Uh, later at, after this event, um, active shooter attacks were labeled doing a Columbine. And that was a quick transition from what we used to say in the mid-80s, early 90s of going postal. You know, uh, And that, that refers to a post office attack that we're going to talk about. So um, it, it went from going postal to doing a Columbine. And, and then we, now we've transitioned into just calling it active shooter. Here's one for you. Uh, Pearl, Mississippi, 16-year-old, enters a school, and he's wearing an orange jumpsuit. He shoots and kills two girls. One was his ex-girlfriend, and then he wounds seven others. When he asked, he was tackled by the principal, and when he asked uh, why he did it, he simply said, Life has wronged me, sir. He had written a manifesto before the attack, and I'm going to actually read it to you. I am not insane. I am angry. I killed because people like me are mistreated every day. I did this to show society, push us and we will push back. All throughout my life, I was ridiculed, always beaten, always hated. Can you, society, truly blame me for what I do? Yes, you will. It was not a cry for attention. It was not a cry for help. It was a scream in sheer agony saying that if you can't pry your eyes open, if I can't go through this, if I can't show you through the displaying of intelligence, then I will do it with a bullet. So there we go. We're going to talk about some other attacks that are going to make sense with this guy's attack. 
1997 in West Paducah, Kentucky at Heath High School, a 14-year-old male who was an expert marksman in video games brings a rifle to school wrapped in a blanket disguised as an art project. He's asked by the teachers, what's in the blanket? What do you have wrapped up in there? And he said an art project. Nobody checked it. He goes into a classroom, he inserts earplugs, and started shooting at a youth prayer group, killing three girls and wounding five. His favorite book was also Rage uh, by Stephen King, uh, who, by the way, again, Stephen King, after these two attacks, Stephen King had demanded his publisher take the books off the rack. Uh, after the shooting, he, he begged to be killed, saying, I can't believe what I had just done. Months later, March 24th, uh, Jonesboro, Arkansas, uh, a 13-year-old, th this was the first team active shooter attack that we've had in this country by, by younger people. So an 11-year-old and a 13-year-old pull the fire alarm and kill four, four girls that are aged 10 and 11, and they wound 10 as they exited the building because the fire alarm's going off. These boys were described, these were just bad kids. That's all there was to it. They were just bad kids. They were uh, the bullies in the school. They wanted to join violent gangs. Their favorite gang was the Crips, and they wanted to, to go out to uh, Los Angeles area after they graduated and join these gangs. They tortured and killed animals and picked fights with, uh, with other students. Um, Red Lake, Michigan, 2005, a 16-year-old kills nine students on a revenge rampage rampage because it wasn't liked at school he made an animated video and put it on social media a couple weeks before this attack describing exactly how he was going to attack the school and how he would kill himself at the end he did exactly what was in that animated video lack of communication nobody said anything about the video that was made he didn't get some attention that he needed for some assistance or some mental health uh, and folks were killed Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, 32-year-old man in 2006 enters a schoolhouse and kills five girls execution style. His response uh, to that attack was an incident that occurred at his school 20 years earlier. Uh, his motive was, was uh, originally sexual assault on these young ladies, and, and then he committed suicide after the attack. Um, so 2018, let, let's go over some of these recent attacks that have occurred last year in 2018 and let's find out, let's listen to what's common about them. Marshall County High School, uh, this was January 23rd, 2018, just before 8 o'clock, a 15-year-old male goes into his classroom uh, at Marshall County High School, Benton, Kentucky, and he kills two and wounds 21. This kid had a communist manifesto. Uh, he protected his fellow band members. He was seen on video surveillance going in into the band room where they were numerous times before the shooting occurred, uh, making sure that they would be staying in the band room. Uh, and then he went out and started shooting other people. When he was arrested, uh, he told law enforcement, it was an experiment to see how society would react to this incident. He said, I'm not worth anything and neither is anyone else. We know about Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. Uh, that was February 14th, Valentine's Day. 2.30 p.m., a um, 19-year-old male killed 17 and wounded 17. The shooter was a former student who had been expelled for disciplinary reasons. City Grill Cafe. This was a commerce location in 2018, March, March 7th. 
6.30 a.m., 64-year-old man uh, goes in and kills two people and wounds two at the city grill in Hertzboro, Alabama. He approached the owner, called the owner by name, shot him, and then just turned and started shooting customers. He had previous uh, problems and issues with this establishment. The YouTube headquarters. Here's a girl that's defending herself. Uh, April 3rd, 2018, 12.45, 39-year-old female goes in and just starts randomly shooting at people at the YouTube headquarters in San Bruno, California. Four were wounded. Uh, She was upset because uh, they were paying her for every time somebody would click on one of her videos and watch it, she would make money. Well, they told her that's going to end. We're not doing that anymore. And her response to that was, uh, by defending myself, I'm going to go shoot up and kill people at YouTube headquarters. Remember the attack at the Waffle House uh, in April of 2018? About 3.30 in the morning, a 29-year-old male goes in and starts shooting up the Waffle House. Four dead and four wounded. Uh, A citizen wrestles the gun from him, throws it across the counter. The guy uh, fled the area, was later arrested. Santa Fe High School uh, in May of 2018, 7.30 a.m., 17-year-old male goes in and kills 10 and wounds 12 at the uh, Santa Fe High School in Santa Fe, Texas. He originally tried to deploy some Molotov cocktails, but they failed to detonate. He was an outcast. He wasn't well-liked. Again, he wore that trench coat to school. He stayed away from people. Um, He didn't kill his friends uh, in this shooting. He spared their lives, and he said later at the police station, I didn't want to kill them because I wanted someone to tell my story. He ultimately asked his, uh, when the shooting started, he had asked his art teacher if he could go to the bathroom, and she said yes, and he's got the trench coat on. He goes to his locker uh, and conceals the the shotgun and the pistol in his trench coat and returns to class and starts shooting people. Noblesville West Middle School, May 25th, uh, 2018, 9.06 a.m., a 13-year-old male armed with two handguns and a knife goes in and starts shooting his classmates and teachers uh, at the school. They wrestled the gun from him. Luckily, nobody was killed, uh, and this kid was a misfit. He was bullied. He didn't fit in. Uh, People didn't like him. Here's one in an area of commerce at the Capitol Gazette. June 29, 2018, 2.34 p.m., a 38-year-old man uh, kills five and wounds two at their offices in Annapolis, Maryland. The shooter had smoke grenades in his backpack. Uh, He didn't deploy them, but he was um, upset over a failed lawsuit filed years ago uh, that he had filed on the newspaper for something that they had published about him seven years earlier. Seven years he held this grudge. There were many threats to the newspaper over a period of years, but uh, evidently those were not handled or not looked into properly, and the attack occurred. Uh, Ben E. Keith, Gulf Coast, August 20, 2018, 2 a.m., a 38-year-old female killed one manager and one wounded uh, at this food and beverage distributor in Missouri City, Texas. She was a disgruntled employee. Uh, People had known that she was a disgruntled employee. She was angry. She had been making threats. Uh, and nobody said anything about it. Once again, that threat assessment team failed. The GLHF uh, Game Bar, this was uh, a location um, August 26, 2018, 1.34 p.m. This is one of the locations I was able to visit and actually speak to witnesses, victims, survivors uh, of this location. It was Chicago Pizza 
Sports Grill, uh, and that's in Jacksonville, Florida, the Jacksonville Landings. He kills two and wounds 11. So this kid is being bullied. He lives in Jersey. He's being bullied online for for years, playing the Madden uh, football game. So he goes to this conference, this competition in Jacksonville, and he loses within the first couple uh, of games. They make fun of him. They tease him. He goes to his car. The only parking available in this area, no matter where you park, you've got about a 15-minute walk to get to your car. So he walked down for 15 minutes, uh, gets in his car, retrieves his handguns, he had two semi-automatics, and then walks back another 15 minutes to the bar. Sometimes people would calm down. He's working under effective violence. I don't believe that he went there to shoot people. I think if maybe they were teasing him, he was going to do it. Um, but under effective violence, he went in. Very, very sloppy shooting. Um, although he did kill a few people uh, and wounded 11, his shots were way off, uh, and it wasn't calculated like we see these other active shooter attacks. Uh, and then he ended up committing suicide. The Fifth Third Center Bank, this is another location that I, uh, I was able to go to and, and talk to, to witnesses again. September 6, 2018, 9, 10 a.m., 29-year-old male kills three and wounds two in the lobby of a high-rise office building that contain the headquarters of the Fifth, Fifth Third Bank. This is in Cincinnati, Ohio. So this area is a huge outdoor mall area, probably uh, 100 yards by 100 yards square. And there's picnic tables, there's sandwich shops, there's a satellite office of Fifth Third Bank. He is seen in the sandwich shops. They believe that he was going to start the shooting uh, in one of the shops. He was looking around at first to see where he's going to start the shooting. He originally approached the loading dock at the high-rise building of the Fifth Third Bank um, and was going to start shooting there. But for some reason, he put the gun away and walked around to the front of the bank. Uh, and during this time, uh, there, you know, there's a lot of people out there at, at 9, 10 a.m., people getting ready for work. Uh, but he walked in and started shooting. And again, he killed three and wound two. The scary part about this is he didn't have any ties to the bank. He didn't have any beef with the bank. He went to that plaza to shoot people and kill people at just a random location. So that is something that we need to be concerned about. TNT Trucking. Um, this is an area of commerce, September 12, 2018, 5.20 p.m. A 54-year-old man uh, kills five. Uh, he drives to the business with his ex-wife. Upon the arrival, he goes in uh, with his ex-wife. They're going to get something to eat, she thinks. He walks in and shoots two men, shoots his ex-wife, kills all three of them, uh, and then drove to a nearby residence and shot two more people. Evidently, his ex-wife was having an affair with a, a, a number of gentlemen, and uh, he's going to put it into her um, and himself. So there's that I'm defending myself attitude again that they have. The Rite Aid uh, Perryman Distribu Distribution Center. This was in uh, their distribution center in Maryland. Uh, a 26-year-old uh, black female uh, a temporary worker. And the reason why I say black females, because we don't see many black females at all do this. And it's it's important to say male, female, age, um, ethnic background, race, because that's how we're going to start identifying some of these people. So a black female to do an active shooter attack uh, is very, very rare. 
she killed three and wounded three during her shift at the uh, distribution center in Aberdeen, Maryland. Workers described her as an extremely nice person, but kept making comments that the world is against her. People are against her. There's that defense. I'm defending myself finally at work because nobody likes me and the world is against me. Uh, but her personality did not fit the, the shooting is, is what people were saying. Kroger um, Grocery Store, October 24, 3 p.m., a 51-year-old man uh, armed with a handgun began shooting in a Kroger uh, store in Jeffersontown, Kentucky. So this was a white male that had a beef with African-American males. Maybe he was a white supremacist, ran a manifesto. He walks up behind an African-American male uh, that's grocery shopping with his grandson, and he executes the, uh, the male in the back of the head. He goes outside uh, and fatally shoots a female in the parking lot, um, racially motivated. So here we have one that's actually attacking people that in his mind he has a problem with because of their skin color. He had written a lot of social media posts prior to the attack uh, reflecting his, uh, his intentions. The Tree of Life Synagogue, um, that was on October 27th, 2018, about 9.45 in the morning, 46-year-old man walks in and kills 11 and wounds 6 uh, at Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. His motive on this was he was attacking the Hebrew Immigrant Aid Society, which is H-I-A-S, and they bring uh, Jewish folks into our country to reestablish them in the United States. His deal was he didn't like that, uh, and he felt like that this uh, Hebrew Immigration Aid Society is bringing in people that are, to this country they are going to kill his people. So his, so his social media post a few days before the attack read HIAS likes to bring people into this country to kill us can't watch my people get slaughtered screw your optics I'm going in and he went into the shooting spree so in his mind he's defending society he's defending his people another one that's on the defense not seeing spiders on the wall they're telling him to shoot people but he's defending himself the hot yoga in Tallahassee this guy just hated female 40 year old man kills two and wounds five in Tallahassee Florida uh, some citizens confronted the shooter allowing others to flee he was attacked one of the one a couple of the girls attacked him with a vacuum cleaner and a broom handle let me tell you folks that's what I'm talking about you pick up whatever you can get your hands on and you attack these people with whatever means possible uh, the shooter was a former high school English teacher. He had a lot of sexual misconduct complaints on some underage female students. Uh, and, and like I said earlier, he had a rage against, uh, against females. The Helen Vine Recovering Center. Here's one uh, in, in November of 2018, 1.30 a.m. A 37-year-old man killed one and wounded two. Uh, this is a male that is interested in a female nurse that works at this recovery center and he's kind of making passes at her she's not accepting them because she has a boyfriend a couple weeks later go by and she brings her now boyfriend into this detox center uh, to seek treatment and this guy doesn't like it he goes off he goes out of the car he gets a gun and he kills them both so uh, that's how that's one where we have if you if i can't have you nobody else is going to have you Mercy Hospital and Medical Center. Uh, this was uh, in November 2018, 3:20 p.m. 39-year-old man kills three. Uh, one was his fiance, and one was a police officer, and one was the emergency room doctor. So he goes to the hospital 
where his fiance worked in order to get her ring back. He had had a lot of domestic issues with his previous wife, a lot of violence. He goes to get the ring back, takes the ring back. He shoots her, kills her, shoots a police officer in the parking lot, kills the police officer that's working at the hospital, goes into the emergency room and, and uh, shoots and kills a, an ER doctor. So looking at those attacks, we I didn't, I didn't go over all of them. And of course, we know about some horrific attacks that have occurred in this country before um, that we didn't mention. You know, earlier in 2017, we've even had a couple, a lot in 2019 that have this same motive of people being bullied. Whole reason for this podcast is take this information back to your work, your school, your medical facility, uh, your grocery store. Keep it in mind. Look for these people that are outcasts. Look for these people that put things on social media. The best way, you know, when when we have uh, the next time we have a, an active shooter attack, hopefully it'll be never. Next time we have an active shooter attack, watch CNN and watch Fox. Every single one of their commentators that come on are talking about what to do when the first shot is fired. Everybody is stuck on run, hide, fight. Everybody's stuck on avoid, deny, defend. We need to get stuck in that, and that's very important. We have to know how to fight the attacker. We have to know how to get away from the attacker. We have to know how to put distance between the attacker. But the best way to win an active shooter attack is not being one in the first place. So through threat assessment teams, being aware that these people, you know, instead of just saying, oh, they're nutcases, they flipped their lid, they, they went off the deep end, that's not what it is, as you, as you have just heard. They're defending themselves. So we have to watch for these people at work, at, at our schools, colleges, wherever we may be. Let's start opening our eyes and use threat assessment team, see something, say something. But watch these people that are outcast and that just don't seem to be fitting in. And the same people are putting posts on social media hinting about what they're going to do. I worked for a couple of different police chiefs uh, during my career. And I can tell you... Uh, Two of them, Gary White and uh, and Bob Ford, and uh, and rest in peace, Bob Ford. He was, was a good police chief. He had the pulse of the department. Both these guys had the pulse of the department. They would walk around and get involved. They'd show up at your scenes. They'd ask you personally by name, "How are you doing? What do you need? Is there anything I can get for you?" That is that is what we need to do in in work environments. The last chief I worked for was absolutely disconnected. He would literally pass officers in the hallway and not even recognize them. He very seldom show up, showed up to scenes. He very seldom had an interest in officers that had no rank. So what happens in something like that? The hostile work environment goes up, which is the breeding ground for active shooter because now you've cut that communication. And it goes well beyond the chiefs. I just use that as an example. But when I do facility reviews, I've done them all over the country. I've been to 16 states and probably done about 27 businesses uh, throughout those tours. I walk around with CEOs and HR of big manufacturing companies. I've done uh, auto manufacturing companies, big pharmaceutical company, companies, food companies, and I walk around with HR and the CEOs, and you can tell when you walk into these businesses what the work environment is like. When I walk with CEOs and, and HR, and they walk past an employee and call them by name and ask how they're doing, the rest of the facility, you can feel it's a non-hostile work environment. 
But when I'm walking around and I see lack of communication with upper management, when they walk right past an office or they walk right past them in the hallway and not even greet them, folks, that is what we've just gone over for the past 34 minutes. You're breeding an environment of non-communication. You're breeding an environment of a hostile work environment. That is exactly what we don't want to have. We need to have open communication. When we set up threat assessment teams, we set them up, and like I said, they have a lot of sub subfolders, but they're set up to be non-adversarial. Communication is the key. Going back to the run, hide, fight, avoid, deny, defend, what we need to do is stop the attack before the first gunshot is fired. That's how we're going to win these attacks. Identify these folks, get them help. We're not trying to get them fired. We're not trying to write them up. We're not trying to get them expelled from school. A lot of them just need help. Again, look back at some of the attacks. Most of them were bullied. Most of them were outcast. And most of them felt like they didn't belong. They're angry. And that's how they lash out. So wrapping this podcast up, and thanks for listening. But in closing, if you're listening to this and, and you go to middle school, high school, college, or if you're in a work area and you see that person that always sits alone or maybe just doesn't fit in or maybe somebody that's being bullied, bullying can work in the can, uh, can occur in the uh, workplace. It doesn't just have to be in school. Reach out to that person. If you don't want to do it, then identify that person and let's get somebody else to talk to them or let's get them to feel a little bit more welcome because as we've just seen these people are these people feel like they're defending themselves they're outcast so we should be doing that anyway at work we should have open communication with everybody the, the days of bullying we've proven are over because that's that's a lot of times what breeds these people they're defending themselves so do what you can do to do your part to uh, to take care of some of these folks. Open up. If you are at work, especially HR people, is your workplace and your facility, do they have open communication? Are there means where people can communicate? That is the key. We've got to have communication in order to identify these folks and get them help. Again, it's non-adversarial. We're not trying to get people fired. We're not trying to get people expelled. But there's a lot of folks out there that needs that need help. If we can help you out, uh, always I invite you to follow us on our social media pages. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on LinkedIn. We're on Instagram. Uh, we've, I post a lot of videos on my website about safety. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I hope you got something out of it. And uh, remember, you've been listening to Active Listening with T4 Tactics. Reduce injuries and save lives. Be safe, everyone. Have a great day.